Outside the Shoot would like to thank one of their sponsors, the Links at Penn Hills. If you're a golfer, you're going to want to check out the Links at Penn Hills in Shubenacadie, Nova Scotia. With nine holes wide open situated along the beautiful Shubenacadie River and the other nine tucked into woodland, this Les Ferber design is a challenge for the best of golfers. Located just 15 minutes from the Halifax Stanfield International Airport, the Links at Penn Hills has become one of the best courses in Nova Scotia. For more information or to book a tee time, go to linksatpennhills.com. Happy Monday, everybody, and welcome to episode four of Outside the Shoot. I'm your host, Randy Frame. Today, we sit down and talk with Shubenacadie native, former East Hance Mastodon, and currently an assistant coach with the Cape Breton Eagles of the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, Matt Anthony. We're going to talk to Anse about pretty much being born into the game with his father, Terry, and grandfather, Carl, being huge softball figures in the local community, and his time growing up in the East Hance minor ball system before moving into the men's game. Anse will talk about moving to the coaching side of the game, where he won a silver medal at the 2011 Midget Nationals in Fredericton with the East Hance Expos and also served as an assistant coach with the 2017 Nova Scotia Canada Games team that competed in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Ants will also give us a detailed account on his first year of coaching in the queue with the Cape Breton Eagles and what lies ahead. So as usual, grab a drink, sit back, relax, because here we go. Don't act surprised. I got soul like Jackson 5. Class, get it in with the classic vibe. I'm a four course meal, ain't no appetizer. Word, everybody gotta forget the everyday stress for a minute. We about to celebrate like we in the ninth inning. Two outs about the win the pennant. I'm waiting on my payday, like I'm living in my heyday. And we're live. Ants, thanks for coming on. Yeah, no problem, Framer. Thanks for having me. Not a problem. It's a little, little different than the, the high button setup you're used to. Uh, well, you know, this is pretty good, though. This is a pretty sick setup in here. I like it. Yeah, it's used to uh, used to talking about hockey. Yeah, yeah, no, I, you know, I hockey's very important, obviously, but um, as you know, and a lot of people around East Ants know, ball's every bit as important to me and my family and my roots as, as hockey, for sure. Yeah, exactly. Uh, speaking of that, uh, you pretty much were born into the game. As soon as you come out of the womb, you were, your, your father, Terry, was a big part of East Ants Fast Pitch. Yeah, and even before him, like my grandfather, grandfather. Carl. And uh, But yeah, I think some of my earliest memories of childhood are, you know, being up all tournaments uh, in Charlottetown and Summerside and Fredericton and Moncton and wherever. And I know, um, you know, dad's birthday was July 1st or is July 1st and um, always somewhere for a July 1st tournament. So, you know, there was always, I, I distinctly remember, I, th- I think Todd Farnell, I, me- I remember being scared to death of him when I was a little kid. <laughs> they called him beast and yeah. he was a big man. But yeah, some of my, some of my best memories as a kid, all, a lot of my memories as a kid were spent at the ball field for sure. Yeah. I can, actually, I can remember, well, what some people might not know is that you and I are pretty much related. Like, yeah. Like my dad's worked for your family his entire life. So I've been around your family since I was born. Yeah. And uh funny thing I remember is at the garage at your grandparents' place, your dad had a had his own batting cage. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah, well, it was kind of dual. It was a batting cage slash a golf golf net okay. for <laughs> for my grandfather. But yeah, I remember that and I you know, I didn't <laughs> Yeah, I, I didn't really know the story, but just with with Papa going in the Hall of Fame last year and stuff like that, people talking about him kind of being the first one to bring a, a pitching machine around. Mm-hmm. He saw it down in the States and brought it around, and um, that thing's made it through some decades for sure. I remember being a, a young and, and seeing some pitches off that thing too, but um, yeah, yeah. T T had a pretty good setup in the garage down there. Yeah, I can remember Dad being in the garage down there, and I'm out, I'm out there and the turning it on, and I'm just whiffling balls through it. There's nobody <laughs> there, but I'm just, you know, Dad's in the garage working. I might as well occupy my time out here. And just, Absolutely. Yeah. So I had, I had fun with that pitching machine. Absolutely. Anyway, uh, so when did you get your start? Oh, I mean, probably three, four, five. I'm guessing. Um, you know, with Shuby Minor Ball and mom and dad um, kind of co-coaching our teams when we were young. Uh, it, you know, mom doesn't get enough credit, I don't think, in the whole thing. Uh, she was every bit as instrumental in coaching the teams, especially when it was, you know, because we're all two years apart. And especially, you know, me and Luke are a little older and then Alex and Cody are starting. And so she's coaching them. Dad's coaching us. Uh, Daryl Colwell. 
uh, came into the picture as well uh, with Miles and uh, Tom Benedict and and the Benedict family as well. So um, that was kind of going on in Shuby. And then you had guys like Peter Smith and Troy Day and, uh, you know, uh, guys like that in, in Lance and Enfield and things like that. So, you know, when we were kids, it was Lance versus Shuby versus Milford versus Enfield. And, uh, you know, as we grew up, I don't, you know, and now all the East Hants mm-hmm. kids play together, which, you know, it's just due to the, you know, lack of numbers in the game these days. But, um, yeah, four or five years old, I'd, I'd say, was probably when I started playing organized ball. Mm. Yeah, I talked about that with Brady Wood saying about, uh, you know, how, how we had leagues here, like minor ball, and we'd have 10 teams, like we'd have Brookfield, uh, Hilden, mm-hmm. Salmon River, North River, all those teams. And But, you know, today <laughs> we're lucky to have two two teams in the province. Yeah. So, so did you got, you guys, uh, you guys had a pretty good midget team when, when you guys were growing up, didn't you? When I, yeah. So like, uh, we kind of combined, um, East Hance, Brookfield, uh, for a year or two. And, and then we split up again and, and we had our two separate teams. Um, but yeah, I remember in midget, we, that was, and that, I think that was before like, it was definitely before Bantam nationals, maybe even before midget nationals, but I know we, we won the midget Easterns, uh, one year with East Hance. Um, and, uh, yeah, and then we kind of got into the the Canada Games process, and and the, well, I guess it wasn't Canada Games right. then; it was Team Nova Scotia, whatever it was. But um, yeah, yeah. Scope mentioned that how they yeah. that was when they dropped the Canada Games. Exactly, for a few exactly. Years. So, so when we started the process, Canada Games was still part of it, mm-hmm. right? When we when we when Jeff made the pick the team, and so that was first when because growing up it was, you know, East Hance, West Hance with Scope and Scope's old man, um, and then Andy Ganesh, guys, bro with uh, Paul Long and Aaron Long and right. the Averys and Wayne Avery. And um, so our Canada games team was basically a mix of those three teams. And that was re- really where the bulk of, um, you know, the guys that won the, the junior nationals came from and the bulk of the guys that are now, you know, involved with the Mastodons and, right. and, you know, our shooters league and stuff like that. Yeah. So did you, did you get to play any junior? Uh, no. So, the year uh, I stopped playing after the can, I took a year off for the Canada Games right. or after the after the '09 season uh, to start coaching. Oh, okay. So I then started coaching the Bantam team, which was Cody and Alex and like Colby Lanceleve and all those guys. Right. Who Dad was coaching on the way up, but uh, I was uh, you know looking to get into coaching and. Um, you know, Jeff. You know, it's pretty intense when you're playing for him for four years in a row. Um, so I was happy to get into a different role for a bit. So mm-hmm. I took a couple of years off from actually playing at competitively. Right. And uh, so that was when the boys won um, the, the 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 juniors. Match, yeah. And uh, but you know, I coached that that group with Dad, and actually Gus coached with us for two years, and we finished second at the Bantam Easterns, and then. Gus got a new job, so he had to stop. And then Gumby came on to coach with Dad and I, and that was when we lost in the national final game uh, in the midget nationals. Oh, in 2011 in Fredericton. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah. so you know, I, I didn't get a chance to win it with those guys that I grew up playing with. I mean, we we did medal at a midget nationals together, and, mm-hmm. and we medaled at the international tournament as well, beating New Zealand. So that was pretty cool. But uh, And then, you know, played with the Mastodons for four or five years, and then my job coaching hockey kind of yeah. took away from my ability to play in the summers. And then the first year I stopped playing with the Mastodons, I won the senior nationals. So yeah. I, I, I always, I think I was the, the reason why they weren't winning before. Maybe but, uh, but. I like to say that was me in 2014 after I retired, <laughs> then they started winning medals. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll get, we'll get into the hockey thing a little bit later. Um, the coaching part of it for, for ball, like uh, w- when you guys were in Fergerton in 2011, like that was that was a big moment for East Hans area for for at a national level then. Yeah, absolutely, and and we, like it, it was really cool because we only had ten players. Right, we we had ten <laughs> players, and you know we we grinding it out all summer. Um, you know, playing against older competition and mm-hmm. and men and stuff like that because there was nobody to play against, and you know, no offense to the teams in New Brunswick, but we'd go up there for four games and 
we wouldn't give up a run and it would just it would it yeah. wasn't helping us and and that kind of thing so a lot of playing against each other a lot of bringing guys like yourself and Brian Urquhart and and different people out to pitch against us and that kind of thing and um yeah, it was really special going up there with a group of 10 guys with no pickups all playing together. I mean, the only kids, we have one kid from outside the East Hans, Colchester region, and it, like he was from Truro, like mm-hmm. Luke Lavers. And just because he had grown up playing against us, because North River actually had a, had a team of that age until Midget. Right. Uh, so Lavers came on as our second pitcher. And um, yeah, it was pretty cool. So we had 10 guys and everybody played that whole week. And uh, the three youngest players on the team, you know, you had like Jay Copewell, Shane Gillis, and uh, Dennis Nolan um, were all playing, but only two of the three could hit uh, out of every game. And uh, so we just rotate them, but yeah. they were still playing in the field because like Lavers or, and Cody, whoever wasn't pitching was DPN. Right. Um, but yeah, that was a really unique week because, um, you know, I still remember the game we played against Caledonia, Ontario. We we started off like 4-0 and and then we were playing Caledonia and they were also undefeated at that point. We were down 7 nothing at one point in the game, third, fourth inning. And then we just kept coming back, chipping away, chipping away, and mm-hmm. ended up winning it in extra innings, and uh, ended up getting to <laughs> getting to the double life game. We played Napanee in the in the playoff or in the regular uh, regulation uh, round robin, and um, you know the, the teams from Ontario and these guys that they don't understand our frame of mind where, where we go to national tournaments and we already know which games we want to try to win and which games we can afford to lose. Yeah, exactly, and. Yeah. and, and you know, we're not starting Cody. Who Cody was as good as anybody. I mean, he was the top pitcher at the Nationals. He was as dominant oh, he was, as anybody. He was lights out. Then, yeah, like absolutely. You know, playing for Team Canada and and that kind of thing. And um, so we didn't pitch Cody in the games that we didn't need to win. Mm-hmm. So you know, Napanee beat us eleven nothing or something like that in the round robin. And I remember them. One of their players tweeting out like. Oh yeah, where's where's your ace now? Blah blah blah, something like that. And you know um, what? I think I remember that. Yeah, yeah. and and Napanee was the team that we had battled with the last two years at the Bantam Easterns mm-hmm. because I was the top competition for Bantam at that point. There were no nationals for the Bantam age. And did they have any standouts? That oh yeah, like Cole Bolton, um, Tyler Brown. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so Tyler Brown was the shortstop for Team Canada when mm-hmm. Cody played. Cole Bolton was the ace for, yep. for Team Canada. Uh, who else do they have? Uh, Brooks. I forget which one of the Brooks, but there's a bunch of Brooks brothers that played for Napanee. So, yeah, they were they were pretty solid. Um, and they had beaten us in the Eastern Final the year before. And I think it, it was like two hits combined between the teams. Cody mm-hmm. and, and Bolton were both aces. So we ended up... Uh, Playing, we finished in the top four, so we got double life, and we played uh, Stratford uh, or New Hamburg, Ontario, uh, in the double life first double life game, and ended up beating them. Um, and then we got Irma, and nobody had kn- knew anything about these Irma guys going into that week. Uh, nobody like because we had never seen a team east or west of Ontario before, right, right? And these Irma guys came, and they were pretty good, and they were staying at the same hotel as us, and they were really good dudes. Like mm-hmm. you know, Dad and I got to know their coaches a little bit, and Cody eventually became like Cody's standing in a couple of those guys' weddings now, yep. like coming up this summer or next summer, and um, he played three years with exactly, yeah. yeah. So we, but at this point, we had no idea who these guys yeah, were. Exactly. So yeah. so we ended up playing them in the in the one one game and uh, it was a good game and we, we ended up losing four two uh so then napanee lost to irma in the other double life game beat won their way back to playing us and so we were in a, in the two three game versus uh napanee and um it was two one them and like the top we were at the bottom of the sixth inning and um trayvon mcleod hit an opposite field bomb mm-hmm. two round shot to put us up and i know like it, it, like it was it was one of the coolest moments i've ever been a part of on a ball field and uh the boys managed to keep their composure we shut it down in the seventh i remember the the last out they had a runner on second base the tying run and uh the last out i forget the guy's name i can picture sloan something i don't know if it was his first name or last name but he had a funky swing and mm-hmm. um he was just kind of one of those battlers up there and it was like a 12 13 pitch at bat before cody finally struck him out looking to to get us to the gold medal game and um yeah code just kind of ran out of gas i mean yeah. he was our ace and we we like i said we go up there with 10 10 players two pitchers boys were tired yeah. um and we ran into irma again in the final and that was it. They were a very good team. They ended up having six, seven guys on the national team. So, um, 
but that feeling to beat Napanee was was pretty special for us, and uh, yeah, that was a pretty cool week. Yeah, Gumby Gumby mentioned it on the, on the last podcast there that uh, he said he said that's one of one of his top moments in fast pitch, like you know being able to coach Jake, yeah, and be there, and I think he has a picture of after you guys won. In the semis, him on the field, like, like fist yeah, popping, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. yeah, he said that was a, a very special moment. It was, yeah, and it was, it was really cool because everybody, like I said, everybody's from East Hans. It was me, Dad, and Gumby coaching, and so it was a lot of a lot of familiarity and and camaraderie amongst that group. And um, you see a lot of it; those guys still playing. You know, the Connor Hilton, uh, Dennis Nolan, Colby Lanceleaf, uh Shane Gillis, Jake, Alex, uh-huh. Trayvon. So mm-hmm. uh, it was pretty awesome. Yeah. So from then you kept coaching at that level. No, no I, I stopped after that. So I, I, Jeff had asked me to coach with him with the 2013 team. Right. And basically I turned him down because that was when I was first getting involved with Newbridge and recruiting in the summertime and that okay. kind of thing. Okay. Yeah. So I didn't really have time to keep coaching ball. So I spent three years coaching, two years with them at the Bantam age mm-hmm. or sorry, a year at the Bantam and then two years at midget. And then, Got out. Also, I was at that point. I don't know if that was when I was running the 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 shooters league or or whatever. But I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. So it, it was all. I I told Jeff I couldn't do it. The 2013 team, and that's when he got team at like Trent mm-hmm. McDonald went on to coach with them. Oh, okay. Oh right. Yeah. And uh, and then I got back into it um, after that for the 2017 Canada Games. 2017. Team. So how so. How was your experience at the 2017 games? Yeah, that was that was cool too. I mean, that was a four year process. We started four years out, and we played together as a team, complete team. We picked a team two years out and played together for that summer before went to midget nationals, um, and all that as a young group. Um, but yeah, it was very rewarding. It was it was neat to because I missed out on that as a player because the games mm-hmm. weren't in and. Yeah, in 20, 2009. Um, it was cool to be part of the Athletes Village and, um, you know, experience the the pep rallies and stuff beforehand and, and that kind of thing. Um, and we, we had a great run there, too. Yeah. Were but, you op- opening ceremonies or closing? Opening. Yeah. Which was really cool. It was at the MTS Center. Right. In downtown Winnipeg. Yeah. I got to experience in 97 when I went to Brandon. Yeah. Opening ceremonies. It was one of the top things in my life. Like it, it just... The spectacle they put on, it yeah. was just unreal. It was really cool. Yeah. It was really cool. But yeah, so we, uh, again, we, 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 you know, we surprised, I don't understand why teams from outside Nova Scotia don't take Nova Scotia seriously at fast pitch because like we're always right there. Mm-hmm. Always, yeah. always finishing the top three or four. And we were as we were more prepared than anybody else because we like we played to our advantage. We, yeah, we we're small problems with not a lot of guys that tried out for the team, but because we were playing for two, three years together, uh, those guys were really tight, mm. and we knew tendencies of each other and that kind of thing. And you know, going into that week, we were very confident that we could win, especially in a you know everybody's playing everybody, and um, you know, myself, Jeff, Garth, and Robin are as detailed and prepared as any coaches out there as well. And especially with G doing all, like he kept every single stat that we had for three years. Um, So, you know, every men's tournament, every midget tournament, every double exhibition, double header, you know, G would, G would send out our batting averages, our OPS, all that stuff. So Mm -hmm. that was huge to know, you know, what guys hit, which pitching and and that kind of thing. Um, And of course, all of our pre-scouting from the two nationals beforehand. Um, but yeah, we, we played really well. We were at seven and one, uh, heading into the last game of the round Robin, only four teams made the playoffs. Um, and so we played Ontario in the last game of the round Robin. We were both seven and one and the winner, um, was guaranteed a top two spot, which meant you were guaranteed a medal. Right. Um, so we had a game to, we had a chance to get a medal right there. Loser was going to finish fourth mm-hmm. and winner was finishing top two. So, um, you know, we ended up losing, I think four five, two. Um, and again, we weren't planning to pitch out that game because other than, um, Granderson with Ontario, Al was the, the top guy there. Right. Bar none. Mm-hmm. Like he was dominant. He was, he was extremely dominant. And, uh, but with Ontario, like Randerson only had to throw 10, 12 innings all week yeah. before the weekend. Al's throwing 
37, 30, 40, yeah. whatever. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so we, we, we started out and, and they got a couple off him and we got him out of there in the third or fourth. And, um, but yeah, so we had a chance to win a medal there. Uh, we ended up fourth, four teams, all eight and two or better. And we had, a, we played Quebec in the three, four game and we had beat Quebec the day before in the morning. Um, and they, they also finished eight and two and it, like it was Ontario, Saskatchewan, Quebec and us in the top four and all four of the top teams had only lost to each other. So right. it, it, it was a pretty good indication that those were the top four teams. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, but it's like any tournament, man, it's tough to beat the same team twice. Oh, it, oh, so, I, you know, we lost to Sask in Ontario. I feel like if we had got them in the playoffs, maybe we would have beat them. Whereas Quebec lost to us. And so, yeah, we kind of ran out of steam and we left a lot of runners on base that game, which wasn't like us. But yeah, it was disappointing to end up fourth mm-hmm. uh, after three years of, you know, nothing. You know, we were going there looking for nothing short of a medal. Right. And, uh, you know, fourth was tough, tough pill to swallow. But um, yeah, it was it was an awesome experience and super proud of all the players. Right on. So you're you're part of the, still part of the process right now. Yeah. And actually, you just came from there. Yeah. So uh <laughs> What's the what's the prospects look for for twenty 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 one yeah so next year so obviously COVID has has put a damper on things and um, you know we're one of the only provinces right now not allowed to play as you well know um, so we've been having to jump through some hoops and groups of ten so right. what we've been doing is using the two fields in Lance and having a group of ten on one field a group of ten on the other field. And then they kind of rotate around. The other group comes in, starts on this field, does, you know, infield, outfield. Then they do hitting on the other field. So we've been kind of, you know, following the rules and and doing it the right way. And, um, you know, it's longer hours for us as a staff. Yeah. Um, but it's it's what we got to do. Yeah. And But we can have 200 people in a bar. And yeah. Halifax, I, I, right? I know. Makes no sense. <laughs> Makes no sense. But... Um, but yeah, no, the, the the prospects are looking good. The team's looking good. Obviously, we're going to have strong pitching with with David uh, Bubba Watson. Do you know, I was actually the guy who first gave him that nickname, Bubba. I did not know that. Yeah, I coached him in Peewee hockey way back in the <laughs> no day. Way. And that was kind of when Bubba Watson was first yep. coming on the golf scene. And I just started calling him Bubba, and that's it's stuck pretty good ever <laughs> since. So Wow. Um, yeah, so with, with, with Bubba and, and Brody... And uh, Cam Patton, you know, will be as deep as anybody probably on the mound, uh, which is going to be nice. Um, and then, you know, that that group of Colchester players that have grown up playing for Steve, mm-hmm. um, you know, they've they've all grown up. You know, Steve is a great, great ball mind, great coach. Yep. Um, you know, I don't want to pump him up too hard here because I know he's probably laughing <laughs> when he hears this. But, um, you know, those guys came prepared, ready to play. Mm-hmm. And, and then the younger group, uh, you know, have grown up playing for Jeff and Robin anyway. Yeah. So, and then, you know, you have some kids coming in from Antigonish area trying out and that kind of thing. But other than that, it's mostly East Hance, yeah. Brookfield, Truro yeah. that, that the guys are from. So speaking of uh, Brody Frazier, he's, uh, he's <laughs> come on the map there in the last year. Uh, maybe talk a little bit about him. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I've known Brody since he came out of the womb, basically. Um, you know, growing up coaching with Jeff for as long as I have in hockey and ball. Um, I remember when he was the annoying little kid <laughs> as our bat boy, yeah. you know, and <laughs> everybody just couldn't wait to get rid of him because he, he was, he was more worried about swinging bats and throwing balls and yeah. playing himself than, you know, um, but yeah, now he's an absolute beast. Yeah. He's six two, two fifteen, complete the deepest, deepest voice ever. I know. And just, you know, just a brick shit host yep. of a man. And, um, you know, it's tough, tough for him to balance the hockey and ball because mm-hmm. he is a good hockey player. And, um, but you know, for his experience going over or going down to, uh, you know, South America and then getting over to New Zealand, um, pretty awesome for him. Oh yeah. Pretty awesome for him. So, um, yeah, he's, he's really, he's really proved himself. Uh, I think he threw a no hitter at the, like he played U16 all year and then played the U 18 or U19 with Colchester at the nationals. And I think he threw a no hitter there. Yeah. If I'm, if I'm not mistaken. So, you know, it's, I don't know if it was at the U16s no, or the U19s. U16. I, I think don't, it was to get them into the final. It might I, he have been. Threw a, he threw a no-hitter yeah. to get them into the finals. So, yeah. you know, you're throwing a no-hitter on that stage yeah. at any level or age. You know, you've got the gusto and, mm-hmm. um, you know, growing up around Jeff. Um, 
you know, he, he doesn't do anything half-assed. No, that's right. So, yeah. And Rowan Sears is another guy that I, I just want to mention quickly because he, you know, was rare and played on our team uh, in 2017 as a 16-year-old and was our starting shortstop. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he turned that into being the starting shortstop for the national junior team. And I think, I mean, <laughs> he he's pretty much the example for for a, a shortstop in, in our game. And I, th- like, I got to think he'll be the... He'll be the the answer for the men's senior national team at some point down yeah, the road. For sure. Yeah, so back to you playing. We talked about the shooters like there. You were you and Cody started that back. Cody Blois started that back up, didn't you? Yeah. So when when the when the league first started, it was like basically Jeff trying to figure out a way to get his twenty thirteen team to play against men. Right. Right. Okay. And so, you know, a lot of us kind of just put our heads together and, and started this league and Jeff kind of ran it the first year. Okay. And, uh, you know, made the schedules and it was kind of, you know, not super official, but you know, it it was like 12, 15 games, something like that. And, um, that was like 2013, I think. And then once that team was done, you know, he didn't really have a need for that league anymore. Like Mm -hmm. for those guys to play against. And so that was when I kind of took it over and yeah, started doing everything, you know, uh, president, secretary, treasurer, whatever (laughs) it was, schedule maker. Um, it's tough to do it on your own. Oh man, it was was really tough. And at that point it wasn't what it is now. So, you know, not a lot of people really were buying into it. Mm -hmm. There were like a lot of guys have come back to play uh, you know, come out of retirement yeah. or whatever, semi-retirement to yeah. play now. And it's, it's a lot more legit, but yeah. yeah, for like, I think I did it for three years. And, you know, I remember leaving work at lunch um, to go get the field Should ready <laughs> and go back to work and then get back to the field, line it up. Like it was, it was a lot for, and I was like 22, 23. Yeah. And, and then I got, you know, different guys yelling at me and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, boys, like, I just want to play ball. Like, yeah. if you guys don't like it, you don't have to play. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of when I was like, and then, you know, talking to Woody and I, I was, I was done with it. I yeah. was like, Woody, you guys, you guys take that. And, and, you know, Woody and Gumby have done a tremendous job of mm-hmm. taking it to that next level yeah. and, and you as well with the website and that kind of thing. And, um, to the point where it's legit, but I remember the, the dog days of the shooters league and yeah. I, I forget it was, I think it was the tri County tri County league, league when it yeah. first started. And then we switched over to the shooters league. Yeah. Cause I think the original team, like there was like the us with the Charos and, uh, it, like Blackburn, yeah. like, um, the Canada games team. I think Indian Brook had a team. They, not the first year they came in like the second and third okay. year. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Brookfield, Brookfield didn't have a team, but the I think midget team. the midget team, the, right? The yeah. Brookfield midget team. Yeah. So, cause like Scope played with us that first year, right. Scope and Hart, we were sick. Yeah. Like we, we had Scope and Brian yeah. on the mound. So like we won that first year, um, which was pretty cool. But, um, yeah, why not play with us and Harv and yeah, that's pretty good. That's a pretty good, uh, yeah. And then we had like me and Darcy and yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it was, it was pretty cool, but, and that was what, that was kind of when I got back into playing mm-hmm. uh, and that's when I started playing with the senior team again yeah. and, um, you know, started taking ball seriously again for the next three, four years. Yeah. Well, after, after I finished seniors in 2014, everybody was like, well, you're going to, I wasn't actually, I wasn't actually going to keep playing ball. Yeah. I was like, nah, I'm, I'm done. Yeah. But with the lack of pitchers, around you, you know <laughs> I, got, I got convinced <laughs> I got convinced and I think it was J-Duff J-Duff was like okay we're, we're gonna have the river rats again so you might as well play for us so I was like ah all right yeah yep so anyway played that year and had fun and then then the following year with the I joined the Charos yep that's right you were a Charo we uh Beer got me through that league final, didn't it? Yes, it did. Yes, it did. <laughs> Couple man, who and then who made that error? Uh, Walker. Walker. Oh my God! Sorry, walks. Uh, <laughs> so for anybody listening, um, we it was a league final tournament, yeah. right? It was in St. Croix, mm-hmm. and I was I, I was in Yarmouth. Remember that? Oh, I was yeah, in, I was right. in Yarmouth, and because it was training camp, yeah, and. Darcy, I got a call. I was at the Red Knight at like 
one thirty in the morning. Yeah. And Darcy called me and was like, man, we won. I was like, no way. Darcy's like, yeah, we're playing tomorrow at like 10 a.m. in the quarters or whatever. I'm like, all right. So I drove down from Yarmouth and then we won that first game. Mm-hmm. You threw the first game. If I forget, it was Brookfield, maybe. Yep. And then we then we beat Halifax. Halifax. Yeah. And you just kept going, drinking beer, kept throwing <laughs> innings, and then we were, and then we got scoping them in the finals. Yeah. And I don't know the exact situation, but I know if Walks hadn't booted that ball, we win that game. It was it was one nothing for us. Yes. And they scored two runs on that on, on that the air, unearned. On the air, yeah. That was phenomenal. That was one of the best pitching performances I've ever seen. I've only ever seen two guys, two guys uh, pitch three games in a row on Championship Sunday ever in any tournament, and one was you that day, and the other one was the right honorable Cody Blois uh, <laughs> on that midget team that won the uh, the midget Easterns in Miramichi. New oh, was that right? Yeah, Bloisy threw three in a row that day. Wow! And we won. Well, I can tell you, I couldn't walk for three days after. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it was tough going to work, but it it, it it's guys like you and guy and that especially you that continue to pitch and continue to give up like nobody wants Jeff and I were talking about this today like I had to pitch Mm. you know in some of those games like you know those early years in the league like the second game of double headers it'd be me versus Gumby like right what good is that for anybody you know like the first game awesome you got Brian versus uh whoever like Brian versus Scoff or or Brian versus um Renee Renee or Alex or or Cody or whatever and then the second game you get me versus Gumby like what's the sense of that right it makes makes for long second game exactly and and not it's not it's not fun for us no but that like guys had to do a lot to keep the league going, and it's at a point now where it's it's unreal. Like if anybody came and watched any like any of our league games, it's it's high caliber fast pitch. Well, speaking of it, last year with the the Shuby Lions, yeah, you guys uh, you guys resurrected the Shuby Lions and won the league title. Yeah, so two years ago, I thought it would be a pretty cool idea when when the league kind of rebranded and the. The the Charles were no more, because um, we were kind of the first, we were the only East Dance team there for a while, so yeah. we called ourselves the East Dance Charles. And then, um, you know, talking with Brian and and Darcy and guys like that, um, decided to throw back to the Shuby Lions, and we almost could field a full team with just our two families between the Anthony's yeah. and the Gillises with seven, seven guys. We could field a full team with dad and Don, um, <laughs> but imagine trying to convince them. Yeah. But, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, everybody like, it's just a bunch of friends that, that we like playing together and we like having a good time. And, and, you know, we're competitive when, when it's game time, but after the game, we're, we like, you know, having a beer and, yep. and shooting the breeze afterwards. And, um, you know, it's put together some pieces over the year, a couple of years. Like that first year, we went 16-0 and 0 in, the re- in the regular season. That's right. Oh, yeah. That's right. We went undefeated in the yeah. regular season. Oh, that's when you hit 529 on the... <laughs> yeah. That was... Okay. I got to backtrack here. <laughs> Ants hit 529 for the whole season. And I swear to God... There was games where I was throwing over his head and he was still hitting the ball for some odd reason. And I was like, how do I get this guy out right now? And I honestly, I switched my, I changed my swing up that year or the year before maybe. And I, I always used to have this big toe touch and, mm-hmm. and, and then I just completely eliminated any movement with my feet because right. I had a bad habit of stepping out of the bucket and pulling off. So I just spread my feet as long as far as I could and just switch it up to all hands because right. I could always read the ball. Yeah. I could always read the ball out of the pitcher's hand and, yep. but I just switched it up and, and started hitting less for power and more for contact and um, things have worked out ever since. Like I've been pretty hot the last four or five years yeah. probably, but, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, that, that, that last year with the Shuby lines, I mean, it's pretty special um, when you can win a championship at any level in any league, but especially with a bunch of your friends, you know, like, um, and it's not our fault that just happened to be a bunch of good players, you know, like I would put our our team up. I mean, we took the, we took the dawn like to, we were up two one or three, two in the bottom of the seventh in that team in the tournament that last year, the July 
tournament last year. Oh, the uh, Poirier what, one? Yeah, uh, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, the Lloyd Poirier. Right. So we were winning going in the bottom of seventh. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Geez, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. So okay. we, um, yeah, and my, well, that goes to show you the the caliber of the team. Exactly. Yeah. Like you know, when when you got uh, Brian or Alex or Tnev on the mound, mm-hmm. and then you know you got T Wall or Darcy catching. Yeah. You know, and then you've got really good infield, a really good outfield, like, you know, with Hilly and Dennis and these guys in the outfield and me and uh, Al or Brian or and Scotty Sack and these guys playing the mm-hmm. infield. I mean, we, we had a pretty close to a senior caliber team. Oh, for sure. And um, so, yeah, it was it was awesome to, to get to get to win the league and then go re- represent the league at provincials and win yeah. the provincials. And luckily, you know, the provincials were in Sydney. So I was up there f- for work. Right. So I, I actually, during training camp, I managed to sneak over and play a couple games oh, right on. Uh, in Whitney Pier. But um, yeah, Kendall now came, dropped off the trophy last week and uh, for the Nova Scotia or the East Hans team of the year. Oh, okay. So we won the East Hans Sports Heritage team of the year. Did you? Yeah. Should be oh, lines. right on. Yeah. Congrats. Yeah. Thanks. So um, yeah, Kendall brought over the trophy and the, and the letter and um yeah, he was super pumped. Oh, that's awesome. He was super pumped. Just, it, you know, I do want to pay homage and respect to, you know, the Shuby Line teams mm-hmm. of the past. And, you know, my grandfather built the built those teams from the ground up. And uh, it's pretty – and then, you know, obviously dad was a major part of it. And it's pretty unique that that we can keep the tradition going. Yeah, for sure. Now, you're talking about being at Eastern Canadians there in, in Sydney and having to leave work. So uh, let's transition a little bit over to the hockey side of it. A lot of people that are listening probably don't know your assistant coach with the Cape Breton Eagles of the Quebec Major Junior League. Uh, how was uh, how was the first season up there? You know what, Framer? It was um, everything I could have dreamed of, and and then some. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we we walked into a pretty good situation with uh, a lot of talent. A lot of talented players, a lot of uh, high-end, uh, already drafted guys, already signed guys, plus some some guys that are have obviously made some noise for the NHL upcoming draft. Um, but yeah, I think Cape Breton needed, they, you know, with the revamp of the name, uh, the the logo, complete overhaul of hockey ops uh, and the and the coaching staff. Um, kind of gave everybody a, a fresh look uh, right. including the community um how often do people still say screaming eagles though uh quite often yeah quite <laughs> o- well people from outside sydney like you know i think that's why they felt comfortable going to the eagles because everybody just refers to us as the eagles anyway oh okay it, you know what i okay, mean yeah. like the locals like they yeah. don't say the screaming eagles right. they're like yeah we're going to the eagles game yeah right so it's down here it's just everybody's it's, yeah with screaming, screaming eagles, eagles. exactly yeah. okay. so it's kind of like i, I I like it to uh, when the the mighty ducks drop the mighty mm-hmm. to the ducks, mm-hmm. right? Like I'm sure people down there was like, "Hey, you want to go to the ducks game tonight?" Not like, "Hey, you yeah. want to go to the mighty ducks game yeah, tonight?" Exactly, right? Yeah. So, but yeah, no, it was an awesome year, and um, you know, we made some moves at the deadline to to put ourselves in what we thought kind of in the position to win the league and or contend for the league and and the Mem Cup. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we had the best goalie in the league, in my opinion. And, you know, he was voted top goalie in the league and up for goalie of the year in the CHL and Kevin Mandelise. And um, he's so good. He's unbelievable, man. <laughs> he's unreal. Yeah. Like he, if he hadn't got hurt early on in the regular season, I said this on Belly's podcast the other day, I think he would have been on the Canadian national team. Oh, absolutely. Like he was goalie of the month in the queue in December, January and February, yeah. something ridiculous like that. <laughs> like um, I think we only lost six games all year with him starting. Wow. <laughs> so put that in perspective. And then like, like we, we were real solid on the back end with five 19 year old defensemen that all had, you know, 200, 250 games plus in the league. Yep. And obviously we were very skilled up front with, Francis, Laferriere, Sokola, Boudria, yeah. Gentile, Heinem. Like we, we were, we were, we were built to, to win seven game series. Oh yeah. Your guys' third line would be a first line team. On yeah. A lot of teams in that league. Well, like our shut, our shutdown third line consists of Derek Gentile, who was our captain fifth year, 20 year old local guy, mm-hmm. um, Tyler Heinem, yeah. you know, another 20 year old Mem Cup Mem champion Cup champ. yeah. and Sean Element, who was the best two way, but he was up for defensive forward of the year and uh is 40 some goals 42 not uh, bad for a third liner <laughs> yeah, right? really. like so um 
but yeah, those guys could those guys could play against the other like other teams' top lines plus contribute. Like when Ramuski came to town, one of the last games of the year was sold out burn. You know, obviously Lafreniere coming to town. Um and we were battling with them for playoff positioning mm-hmm. and whoever finished ahead of between us and them was going to miss Moncton until the third round, which is, you know, Moncton was kind of the consensus right. top team. Um, so, you know, that, that line plus Jared Baker and, and Adam McCormick on the, on the blue line um, held left Renier to no points in dash three in that game. You wow. know, so That's yeah, impressive when you can do that. Exactly. Yeah. And it's not like he was in a mail it in mode. You know right. what I mean? Cause it, like they know how important it is. Those two points too. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So, yeah. um, but yeah, no, it was, it was awesome. It was unfortunate the way it ended. I really think that we had the team chemistry on the ice and off the ice, um, to, to make some, make some noise. Yeah. Now I've seen some news that the Sokolov stayed up there, didn't he? When the pandemic hit. Yeah. And he's doing like community work and whatnot. I mean, it's rare to see a Russian player like being out in the community doing that. I mean, not a knock against like, you know, Russian players or anything, but it's just a rare thing to see. Yeah. Yeah. With Iggy, like he's, he just eats, breathes and sleeps uh, hockey and loves every minute of life. Like a kid's always got a smile on his face. Um, And the reason, like the reason why he didn't go home after, uh, like he's he he stayed last summer because he knew that like once he got passed over in the draft last year, mm-hmm. he knew that he needed to really dedicate himself to becoming a better skater, to becoming more um, of a consistent, um, you know, consistent consistently better. I guess right. is a way to say it. And he stayed over and skated in Halifax with with Joe Plandowski and you know worked out with with all the pro guys and stuff at Pro Edge and uh, really dedicated himself and and it's not a surprise for us that he took off like he did right. and you know he got got to play with Russia in the World Juniors had a fantastic tournament. phenomenal tournament yeah. there obviously scoring a couple of huge goals against Sweden in the semifinals yeah. and came back to us and was just on an absolute tear I think he had 46 goals in 48 games something like that right and um you know, he got to see his family and everything during the World Juniors and, and like spend a couple of weeks around them. So when the season first got shut down, he didn't want to go back to Russia because he didn't want to get stuck there in case we sorry, when we first got sent home, we the season hadn't been canceled. Oh, that's yet, right too, yeah. Right. So he right. didn't want to leave mm-hmm. and risk not being able to get back in if right. if the season started back up. Yeah. Plus he's got a really special connection with his bill of family and you know, they're more than happy to have him stay there for, for as long as he needs. Um, so he's continued to, as you said, give back to the community. So his billets own a, a grocery store, okay, like a food land or something like that. Yep. And so that's when he got into delivering the groceries door to door, um, for people during quarantine and, oh, and stuff like that. And, but yeah, he's, he's always helping out with whatever signing autographs for kids, hanging out with, hanging out with kids, teaching them, how to shoot or stick handle or whatever it is. And, mm-hmm. um, he's really, really taking advantage of the shutdown and he is absolutely chiseled right now. Like he's, he's down to like two twenty five, two twenty seven, and just in the best shape of his life. So and he can go in the draft this year. Yeah. And he, Oh yeah, he can. And he will. Like I couldn't, I t- can't believe he didn't, he got passed I over. I couldn't tell you how many people that, we talked to over the course of the year, whether it's scouts or whoever that said, man, we wish we had, it would have taken this guy in the seventh round last year. Yeah. Like you look like a genius right now because, oh, for sure. cause he's going to go, I think he's going to go in the second round, maybe third at the yeah. latest, but um, you know, Craig button was on D Millard's uh, podcast the other day talking about Sokolov. And he said, he like, I, I tweeted it. It is it, something like Sokolov is one of the best, natural goal scorers available in the draft. Yeah. And, you know, I think personally he could be a 25, 30 goal scorer in the, in the NHL. Oh, I totally agree. Like he's so big. He's yeah. so good. He's so smart. His hands are unbelievable. Um, yeah. I think he's got all the tools and he, he's, his skating has come. He's already shown that he can improve to this point. Mm-hmm. There's no reason why he can't continue, yeah. you know, on the upward swing on that as For well. Sure. So now that you guys had the, the, the draft and the, and the import draft, What's the uh, prospects going into this season? Yeah, so actually with the import draft, we, we so we have Ivan returning. Yeah. 
And then obviously with Sokolov going to be gone, um, we drafted another Russian, uh, Mikhail Nishkovin, I think is, is how you pronounce it. Um, and it's actually cool because he, he, uh, you know, we re- he reached out to, to Igor mm-hmm. and was like, Hey man, like how, how did you like it in Cape Breton and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And obviously Igor, you know, gave him a, a pretty good idea of what we were as a coaching staff, what the community's like, what mm-hmm. the team's like and that kind of thing. So he's pumped to be part of the, to be an Eagle, which is exciting. Um, I haven't seen him live obviously, but I've seen a lot of video on him and he's, uh, I think he's going to be a big time goal scorer in major yeah. junior. Um, and then with the, with the local draft, uh, with Mando leaving. Um, so we've got Grim Grimard who, uh, was our backup this year. Who's actually, I think he's like eighth or ninth ranked North American goalie for the NHL draft. Okay. Yeah. So he'll, he's back as our starter. And then with Mando gone, we drafted a, a, a goalie in the first round. Okay. Uh, Nick, Nicola Ruccia. Um, and that's kind of been a common thing in Cape Breton uh, over the years. Obviously, going back to Fleury, uh, you look at uh, Olivier Waugh, um, uh, and Mando. So it, it's, you know, the fans enjoy uh, goalies in the first round because they've had so much success with Great them. Great success, yeah. So, um, and Chuck, our goalie coach, is obviously very high on him and feels like he's ready to step in and, and, contribute right away as a 16 year old which is rare yeah uh and then we got lucas canning out of uh Pictou county uh in the second round um actually i think that was a steal i th- i can't i was mad so obviously like we don't have much to to do with the actual picking of the draft yeah. you know what i mean like us, us as coaches especially right. this year like where we're all separated so but us coaching staff we all were together during um the draft Right. And uh, I was mad that we didn't take him at 17 or 16, whatever, in the first round. And then somehow he's still there. Wow. In the second round at 34, 35, wherever we got him. And I, I was ecstatic because, you know, I've seen this kid play uh, numerous times. Yep. And he, I, I think, again, I think he's going to be, a, I think he'll be a 30 goal scorer. I, me too, Framer. Yeah. Me too. And like, I'm super pumped that we were able to get him where we did. Yeah. Um, and then same with the Colby Hugging kid we got in the third round uh, from PEI. He's uh, a little bit undersized right now, mm. um, you know, light, slight, right. I guess. But, you know, that which isn't abnormal for a 15, 16-year-old kid. Yeah. Yeah. But um, saw him play multiple times this year, too, and I just I love his game, his hockey IQ. I think he's a great distributor. Uh, you know, I think when, when him and Canning are 18, 19, they're going to be a pretty lethal combination. So, um you know, very excited with the draft. And obviously next year is going to look a little different for us, you know, kind of, I don't want to say rebuilding, but retooling a little bit and, uh, you know, losing a lot of guys. Um, so, you know, these, these younger guys are going to have an opportunity to make the team and contribute right away. Right on. So have they said anything about the season? Cause I know, you know, you look at the OHL and the WHL, they have teams in the States. Whereas the Q don't have any, like, is there anything set up where you guys might be able to start? Yeah. Or? Yeah. I mean, so I haven't heard much in the last couple of weeks uh, since uh, Gilles Corteau came out and said that, you know, October 1st is our start date right? or, or, or you know, what we're aiming for as a start date. Um, you know, I've heard and yeah, it's a very good point between no American teams because, you know, it's one thing to have two Americans come to a team or two Europeans come to a team yeah. and like that might be an issue, but the constant border crossing yeah. with the borders being closed, it, 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 that's going to be tough, mm-hmm. especially in the Western league, like yeah. where they have an entire division down there. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, with us, like I've heard different rumors of people saying, you know what, maybe it's going to be an all maritime division for a bit and an all Quebec division for a bit. Okay. So like, the, cause like right now there's, there's two divisions or two conferences. There's the West and the East mm-hmm. and the East is made up of the maritime teams. Plus like the Quebec Eastern side, like Ramouski, Ramouski, Baycomo, um, Sherbrooke, not Sherbrooke. Uh, who else is it? That might be the only two. Oh, Quebec, Quebec. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, maybe they'll make two separate Quebec divisions inside Quebec. I'm just speculating right. here, but yeah. that's kind of you know, as of right now, I'm under the under of the understanding that we're 
starting in some capacity October 1st. Games could get pretty intense there if it's just maritime game. I know. <laughs> maritime league. Yeah. I know. And we, each other. we'd still have a crazy travel schedule of pl- just playing oh, yeah, maritime teams. Like, like, yeah, that's right. So, yeah. So, I, you know, I think we are in a better position or somewhat than the other two leagues. Mm-hmm. I mean, Ontario, you only had to deal with one provincial government. Yeah. Uh, and then, but with us, you know, we don't have an international border to cross. Yeah, so, right. and obviously the maritime provinces and the Atlantic provinces already have created this, this bubble. So technically, you know, the, the travel and stuff wouldn't be an issue. It would be, you know, are there fans in the stands? How many players are allowed to play? What are the testing regulations yeah. and all of that? So I haven't really heard much right on. about, about any of that. I know that we're going to play at some point. So right on. Yeah. All right, buddy. Well, we've hit that spot. I think we're good. Uh, I'd like to thank you for coming on. You know, hopefully we can back out in the ball field here soon uh, and, well. and get the Shooters League going. And and hopefully I can uh, try and strike you out this year. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt that'll happen, but, uh, you know. Anyway, uh, thanks for coming on, Ants. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. I, and, yeah, really looking forward to hearing all the hearing all your episodes, future episodes, and, and all this great fast pitch content because it's a it's a very special game um you know a lot of people don't understand that mm-hmm. but um you know i it's dear dear to my heart always will be and um you know i love i love the fact that you're doing this so right on appreciate it all right buddy we'll talk again awesome see you cheers I've had enough Where is the trust? Where is the truth? It's about time for some good news I've been waiting on some good news For the clouds to part and let the light shine through I wanna wake up to a better tomorrow Cause I've had enough Where is the trust? Where is the truth? It's about time for yeah, some good news Yeah, but to be breathing Trying to see what's on the newscast this evening Nah, I don't need no reason Music in the air, got the Grammys on the cable Dinner on the plate, whole family at the table This at home cook, hit your soul, take your shoes off This at feel good, yelling loud from the rooftop This at snow day, all the kids taking school off This at Billie Jean, Michael Jackson, first moonwalk And I've been waiting for some good news, good news I'm just trying to get my foot loose, foot loose And we've been dealing with the wrong things so long The smallest things can make it right, that's why we hold on for some good news Feel good. I'm feeling like we never talk about what's going right. My daughter's smiling because of racism.